0: On Wednesday, following President Biden's trip to the picket line for the United Auto Workers Union on Tuesday, Donald Trump also went to Michigan where he was supposed to address union workers and really stand in solidarity with the unions. But instead he spoke at a non-union shop at the invitation of the shop's owner. But don't worry because there were tons of people in the crowd holding signs that said things like union members for Trump, auto workers for Trump. So it was very obvious, you know, looking at the crowd that he still got a lot of the union people and a lot of the auto workers to come and cheer him on. There's a problem. Those people weren't actually union members. Some of them were not even auto workers. According to the Detroit news. Uh, via Huffington post here, one person held a sign that said union members for Trump, but admitted to the newspaper, she was not a union member. Another carried a placard with the words auto workers for Trump and confessed he was not an auto worker. When the outlet requested an interview, neither individual identified themselves. So his audience, his crowd was filled with fakes, with frauds, with phonies, which is great because that's what he is. But he couldn't actually get the real union people. So I guess his campaign said, what the hell, what if we just pretend that you're talking to the unions? What if we hand out these signs or what if we pick people holding these signs to make it look like it? I don't know which one happened there. I would not put it past the Trump campaign to have made these signs themselves and handed them out to people. To hold up during Donald Trump's speech. I mean, after all, this is a guy who faced accusations that he had to pay people to show up to his original announcement that he was even running for president in 2015. Let's not forget about those stories that started surfacing shortly after that event. Donald Trump is, is really not having issues drawing crowds. Obviously the crowds are not as big as they used to be, but it's not always the quantity. Sometimes it is in fact, the quality of that crowd. And when you're trying to draw attention to yourself as a big union supporter, I'm standing with the average Americans, you really need people in that crowd who represent the groups on the picket line. Let's also not forget that reports came out earlier this week that showed that the UAW actually told Donald Trump not to come. They personally invited president Biden and with Donald Trump, they're like, yeah, please do not show up here. We don't want you here. We don't like you. Don't come. So non-union shop says, Hey, we'll host you. Come on in. And rather than actually standing with the unions, Donald Trump during his speech basically told the crowd, like none of this matters. You can get your higher wages if you want, but you're all gonna be out of jobs in a few years anyway, because he lied to them about electric vehicles. He said, they're all coming from China and all your jobs, you're gonna go to China. That, that, that's not, that's not actually where the electric cars are coming from. In fact, the Biden administration uh, has created all of these new federal programs to help American automakers switch to electric vehicles, like giving them money to do that very thing so that electric vehicles are produced here in the United States but yeah, bang up message telling these people, quote, your current negotiations don't mean as much as you think. Yeah, that is, I'm sure the message that the United Auto Workers wanted to hear, like, where are you people out here? You're accomplishing nothing. And that's probably why they didn't want him to come. And that of course is why they had to put fate, uh, put fake people in his crowd to pretend that they were union members and auto workers. Cause just like everything else with Donald Trump, it's all a facade. None of it is real. So a little over three weeks ago, as we all know, I talked about it at the time, Fawny Willis responded to Jim Jordan's request from the house judiciary committee, where Jim Jordan said, give me all of the information that you have acquired in your investigation into Donald Trump. Fonnie Willis on September 7th responded to Jim Jordan's request and not only told him no, but she actually had to explain the law to him and then told him where he can go buy a book and how much it costs so that he can understand Georgia law just a little bit better. She absolutely humiliated and obliterated Jim Jordan in that letter. So it took him a little over three weeks to finally muster up the courage to respond to her letter, which he did this week. (laughs) And here is what he said. (laughs) He said that her response, uh, reinforces the committee's concern that your prosecutorial conduct is geared more toward advancing a political cause and your own notoriety than toward promoting the fair and just administration of the law. Congress in general, and this committee in particular, have a strong legislative interest in ensuring that popularly elected local prosecutors do not misuse their law enforcement authority to target federal officials for political reasons. We can only conclude from your hostile response to the committee's oversight that you are actively and aggressively engaged in such a scheme. He continues. The assertion that a law enforcement entity may prevent Congress from conducting oversight related to an ongoing investigation rests on no constitutional privilege or case law authority, but rather on opinions issued by the justice department. There is ample legal and historical precedent contradicting this position. That is congressional committees, conducting oversight of matters that are the subjects of ongoing investigations. And what he's trying to do there, of course, is refute her point where she was like, listen, you don't have authority here. We're a state level entity that receives no federal funding. We do not fall under federal purview. You have no right to come down here and demand my investigatory materials. I have no obligation to give any of this to you. And let's be honest, Jim Jordan also has no legislative reason to do what he is doing. Therefore he has no standing to request any of these materials from Fonnie Willis. And Jim Jordan knows that, which of course is why when he was like, oh, there's, I mean, there's plenty of, of, you know, evidence that says like we can do this. And then he didn't provide any of the evidence. Like if you're gonna mention evidence or if you're gonna mention precedent, I know you're not a lawyer, Jim, so you don't understand this. That's why Fawny Willis had to school you on the law. But if you're going to mention precedent, you have to cite the precedent, You can't just go up to a judge and be like, judge, there was a court case that said, my client can totally do this thing and not have to face charges. Well, what's the case? It doesn't matter what the case was. It was a, it was a case. It did that. So you gotta let him go. Like Jim Jordan is in over his head. That's why it took him more than three weeks to respond to her initial letter. Like he had to sit there and think things out, probably, you know, look up how to spell the hard words because he doesn't know what the hell he's doing. He has no real reason to do this other than trying to protect Donald Trump. That is what this is about 100% without question. There's no legal reason for him to do it. There's no legislative reason for him to do it. He's attacking Fonny Willis because Donald Trump wants him to attack Fonny Willis. And again, she ain't having it. She has absolutely stood her ground. She's put Jim Jordan in his place. She has done everything by the book, the way that it is supposed to be done. Jim Jordan has no real grievance with her other than the fact that she is clearly good at her job. And that's what pisses Jim Jordan off the most. If this were some nut job, incompetent prosecutor trying to take on Donald Trump, Jim Jordan wouldn't bat an eye because he'd know they'd have no chance. But because this is a successful African-American woman who is very good at what she does, Jim Jordan is terrified that she is going to be successful in sending Donald Trump to prison. So he's gonna throw everything at her that he can, but she has the law on her side and she knows it. So all she's gonna do is continue to humiliate Jim Jordan. And he'll continue to stumble and fumble his way in sending her these idiotic letters. Donald Trump's biggest problem with the ruling this week from Judge Arthur Ingeron about him overinflating his assets, Trump's biggest problem, and his son Eric's Trump's biggest problem, is that the judge, the prosecutors, they're lying about how much Mar-a-Lago is worth because both Trump and Eric Trump have come out in social media repeatedly since that ruling came down on Tuesday and said that Mar-a-Lago is worth way more than the judge said. The judge said like 26 million when in fact they claim Mar-a-Lago is actually worth a billion dollars, probably over a billion dollars they're telling us. So haha, we couldn't have committed bank fraud because we were too busy committing tax fraud in Florida? Because you do understand Donald and Eric, that that is what you would be admitting to if Mar-a-Lago is in fact worth a billion dollars, because y'all have only been paying property taxes in the state of Florida on $28 million in value for Mar-a-Lago. So here's what's happening. If what Donald Trump and Eric Trump says is true and Mar-a-Lago is worth a billion dollars, then they have been defrauding the state of Florida of tax dollars, property tax dollars for years and years and years. Here's what I mean. Authorities, uh, tax authorities in the state of Florida issued a value of roughly $28 million towards Mar-a-Lago for the purpose of uh, uh, paying property taxes. They say, listen, this property is worth $28 million. Therefore you're taxed for property tax at a, you know, for $28 million of value. Uh, that amount, by the way, has only come to uh, you know, a few hundred thousand dollars a year, but Trump, his company actually challenged that valuation in Florida with the tax authorities. They said, no, 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 no. Uh, we're gonna challenge that. We think it's worth much more than that. So okay, that falls in line with him currently saying, yes, it's, it's worth more than the judge said, cuz we challenged it down here too. But then they withdrew that challenge and said, okay, you know what, fine, 28 million it is. So withdrawing the challenge contradicts your claim that it's worth a billion dollars. Now Mar-a-Lago is not worth a billion dollars. Donald Trump has not committed tax fraud. But the funniest part of all of this is that his defense is actually an admission to another crime. Like if his defense were accurate, because if Mar-a-Lago were in fact valued at a billion dollars or more then that means they've only been paying 2.8% of the property taxes that they were supposed to be paying in Florida for God knows how many years. And by withdrawing their challenge, they're telling authorities that, okay, no, 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 it's totally only worth 28 million. So we've got conflicting stories here coming from Donald Trump and his business. Is Mar-a-Lago worth 28 million or is it worth a billion? Because there's several million dollars in back taxes that you would owe the state of Florida if it's actually worth a billion dollars. So you know what? why don't you keep running your mouth a little bit, Donald? I'm sure that the tax authorities down here in Florida would love to get their hands on millions and millions and millions of dollars because you can't shut up and you want to make yourself look better. But the challenge, the withdrawal of that challenge of the valuation of Mar-a-Lago speaks for itself. You know that that property is only worth $28 million. And hey, let's be real. $28 million is a ton of money to people like us. May not be to you, Donald, but that property isn't worth anywhere near $1 billion. And honestly, at this point, you'd better hope that it's not because then that could uh, implicate you in a pretty significant tax fraud scheme down here in Florida. listening to today's fair and balanced daily stay up to date with all of our content by finding us on youtube at youtube.com slash fair and balanced and follow me on twitter facebook and instagram at fair and